evening and welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show. It is April Fool's Day, April 1st, 2018. It is Easter. Passover is coming up. We've got everything happening today. So welcome to the show. This is a special Sunday edition of Guys Guys Radio. Uh, it ain't no bro show, but it is Guys Guys Radio. It's a place where when men and women can be there at their best, everyone wins. And uh, tonight we've got a very special guest. Let me ask you something. How much do you know about witchcraft and modern witchcraft? Well, we have got a rock and roller, a witch, a good witch, I believe, from reading her book. Also a, uh, a free diver, a sky diver, a pilot of uh, multi-engine planes, including Cessnas, and uh, just a really interesting uh, lady from Australia named Fiona Horn. And she's going to talk about her book, The Naked Witch, in a few minutes. Uh, really looking forward to it. She's calling in from, I believe she's calling in from St. Croix, Virgin Islands. So we'll get a report as to what's going on down there after uh, you know, the big uh, hurricane months ago. I know things are still tough down there. I have a friend who's got a restaurant in St. Thomas and he was on Facebook like every day. I haven't heard boo from him. Uh, so I'm wondering, you know, I sent him a couple of notes and stuff, but I assume he's had to kind of rebuild from scratch. And uh, I know one of my favorite islands, Anguilla, got uh, nailed. Uh, one of the uh, big music stars there, uh, Banky Banks, he has a uh, place called the Dune, Pre Dune Preserve. And it's a great place to go have a drink and listen to music and hang out. It's right on a cliff overlooking uh, St. Martin in Anguilla. And uh, I think he was doing some type of a fundraiser to be able to rebuild uh, the Dunes Preserve, uh, which is right by the Cuisinart, behind the Cuisinart Hotel. And a uh, really cool place. And uh, I really like Banky Banks music. So anyhow, here we are on Guys Guys Radio um, it is April 1st. Let's just give a quick overview. When we do the Sunday edition, we don't do our, uh, we don't do our guys, guys, guide. We will do a guys guy of the week because Wednesday we couldn't have the show. So we reschedule for this evening. So I do want to mention a guys guy of the week and, uh, we'll do some quick news and then we'll take a very, very, very short break. And then we'll bring on our special guest, Fiona Horn, cause she's going to be on for about, hopefully for about 30 minutes. So anyhow, uh, what, what's happening out there? Well, if you're a sports fan and, uh, this is like the time and the place right now, because the NCAA men's basketball finals is Monday night, my alma mater, Villanova university seems to be on a mission. Um, they're playing Michigan Wolverines, uh, and it should be a great game. I mean, Villanova really went three-point crazy last night and really just put Kansas away. It was just, wow, they were impressive. I've watched them since I got attended Villanova as an undergrad, and uh, this is the best team, in my opinion, that they've ever had. Now, whether they win or not, you never know. They're looking good, but anything can happen in one game. But I think it's the most balanced and deepest team that they, they've ever had. And uh, as part of that, my guy's guy of the week is going to be uh, because he's just done such a splendid job in recruiting. He picks kids who like fit the profile, wanting to be in a team, wanting to work together. It's not like pro basketball where there's a lot of egos in the way. Uh, Villanova basketball is all about defense, getting rebounds. They, they're great shooters. They're great scorers. They're the highest scoring team in the nation, but they don't even think of themselves that way. They concentrate on team ball, passing, rebounds, defense. So, uh, Jay Wright, you're the guy's guy of the week. You've done a magnificent job. They won the championship two years ago in 2016. Let's see if they, they can do it tomorrow night. Uh, I don't want to get into President Trump and all of his stuff and everything because it's uh, – 
I think the whole country has fatigue, whether you're for him or against them. It's just, it's very tiring. Uh, he, uh, he did tweet today. I checked his Twitter and he tweeted good Easter in caps. So <laughs> he probably went golfing at that point. Uh, <laughs> Uh, let's see what else real quick that's going on out there. Uh, well, yeah, well, we've got Major League Baseball here in New York. If you're a Yankees fan, um, they're off to a pretty good start. They lost today, but um, they're looking strong. The Mets look pretty good, too. Um, we've also got the uh, so much talk about this, the National Football League and the NFL draft. If you're, you know, the NFL has done such a magnificent job marketing itself that people are and these uh, prognosticators and the folks uh, on talk radio all they do is talk about the NFL draft like it's the be-all, end-all. And it's not even until the end of uh, April. And they've been talking about it for the last couple of months. It's just amazing the mileage they get out of that. Um, what else is happening out there real quick? Um, weather-wise here in New York City, yeah, you know what? It's supposed to snow tomorrow. I can't believe it. It's April. Now they're talking about snow again. So here we go. But we'll get through it. So let me take a momentarily, a very, very, very quick break. And we'll bring out our special guest, Fiona Horn, in just one moment. Okay, we're back to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Maddy. Uh, as I said, I want to get off to a fast start. So let me tell you a little bit about our special guest. Uh, I read her book last week, The Naked Witch, Fiona Horn. It's an autobiography. And uh, she launched, she's an amazing person and a lovely, uh, beautiful lady. Uh, she launched her career in the entertainment industry as founder and lead singer of the Aussie uh, 90s rock band Def FX. And uh, she gets into a lot of the uh, experiences she had with them in the book, and it's really amazing. She also has been a uh, best-selling author of a number of modern witchcraft books. So we want to talk to her a little bit about that, because this book doesn't do a deep dive on the, the, witch, the actual witchcraft stuff. It's more of an autobiography, but uh, we, I'm sure our audience would like to hear some of those, uh, a little bit about um, how to conjure up a, a spell that works uh, and a positive one and how to kind of avoid negative enti entities also at the same time. She was also a star of the sci-fi channel's Mad Mad House. I don't know if you guys remember that one. Uh, pretty good, fun show. And uh, she's a commercial pilot, as I said, multi-engine rated, world record holding skydiver, professional fire dancer, yogini, free diver, scuba diver, and she lives in St. Croix. And uh, she does uh, volunteers of free time as an outreach program coordinator and humanitarian aid worker, flying school supplies, building tools, clothing to impoverished communities throughout the region. So I'm sure region. So I'm sure she's in demand right now. Um, she was, as I said, rock goddess and uh, lead singer for Def FX, uh, chart topping group out of Australia. And they played with headliners such as Nine Inch, Na Nine Inch Nails, No Doubt, Smashing Pumpkins. Um, but She's also a witch, so let's bring her on right now and welcome her to Guys Guys Radio. Fiona Horn, good evening. Welcome to the show. Hey, how are you doing? Thanks for having me. Oh, great. Thanks so much. Glad to hear from you. So what's, tell us, first off, what's going on in St. Croix and how, how is uh, the recovery going down there? What happens to St. Croix during the hurricane? Well, it's funny. I'm not actually on St. Croix of all things. You mentioned your friend in, and his restaurant on St. Thomas. I'm on St. Thomas. I moved to St. Thomas last year. I'm still part of the U.S. Virgin Islands. I'm 38 nautical miles from St. Croix. Uh, we did get nailed with uh, two massive hurricanes last year within two weeks of each other, Irma and Maria. Um, so, you know, uh, life is we have a new normal, I guess it's called. I, yeah. To speak to you tonight, I've driven to the top of a hill to be in the view of a cell tower. 
um, Amazing. at this well, time thank you. where there's not many people on it so that we can actually have a phone call because things like uh, telecommunications mm-hmm. is, is damaged. There's no, uh, still no internet or anything like that. Um, but, you know, slowly but surely the islands are getting back into shape. What was the name of your friend's restaurant on St. Thomas? Uh, Romano's. Romano's. His name is Tony Romano. He was a, 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 a grammar school classmate. He's also an artist. Ah, Romano's. I'm trying to think if that's the one out uh, at the East End. Because, yeah, quite a few businesses, you know, had to close for a period. But, but mm-hmm. it's everyone, the recovery work's been really, really dedicated and, and you know, some miracles have occurred. And a lot of businesses have reopened and schools are open and things continue. But, you know, it's the islands. It's a, a slow process. Yep, yep. Uh, do you know Banky Banks, uh, my favorite musician from Anguilla? You know, I heard you mentioning that too. And Anguilla is one island I have not flown into. I've heard of him. I fly in and out of St. Martin a lot and also um, Anagata, mm-hmm. not that that's that much close. That's over in the BVIs. But I've flown past Anguilla and never actually landed there. And uh, it's, everyone tells me it's a really beautiful, cool place. And that, that bar sounds really cool. Yeah, it's it's very chill and Banky. He's a le- he's legendary. He has a, a festival around this time. I think it's in March or April every year. Moon Splash, um, where he gets a very cool. big talent, big talent from around the world. So why don't we start there? What was it like for you, Fiona, uh, being a a rocker? What was how how would you kind of encapsulate oh, that in, experience? I just think it was a really remarkable time to be working full time in music and be in a band that could tour and record. I mean, the nineties was a really fun time for music and we got, you know, the band had its run of success in Australia and we had a few songs chart in the States and the billboard charts, like dance charts and remixes and stuff. Al Jurgensen from Ministry remixed one of our songs and that charted and, you know, we're, our videos were played on MTV when they still played music videos. Yep. You know? mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun um, getting to sort of run around the world and tour with great bands and, and have some fun ourselves. Our audiences were amazing. Our shows were very, very wild and very free, so it was a good time with Def FX, and uh, yeah, did that for seven years in the 90s, and we do reunion tours, I mean, we're going to do another one, I think early next year, it looks like we're going to do a, a beach festival cool. kind of run, which will be really fun, but I feel very happy and grateful to have had the time as a full-time rock star, you know, it was, it was fun, mm-hmm. a lot of other stuff happened since then, but um, you know, I still love, love music and love jumping around to it it's all good <laughs> out of all the folks you made uh you met during your rock career uh who had the most uh lasting impression i know you mentioned gene simmons and paul stanley from uh from kiss and tom jones and billy corgan and uh, yeah. uh manson yeah all those guys in yep, the book they, i talk about people that i met in the industry at that time that had a pivotal role to play in the next step you know like being in a band in Australia and deciding to move to Los Angeles and forge a career myself there in a different environment was very Mm much spearheaded by the advice and support of certain pivotal people like like I mentioned in the book in the Naked Witch like Jean and and Tom and 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 definitely Manson as well and it's it's funny um as far as meeting people and having a you know a, a big effect I think you know the thing I've noticed about mingling or mixing in, in the world, having my foot both feet deep in the world of the entertainment industry at times and not at others and knowing some people still in that industry and, and knowing people from other environments and industries. Now, I think when someone stands out to me, 
it's uh, not so much because of their public profile, but because of the caliber of their personality, the quality of the mm-hmm. person that they are. And uh, I think as I continue to live on the planet, uh, and you know, the book talks about this too, the, the, the encounters you have with people from different cultures and different walks of life often carry a lot more impact and weight than the world of the entertainment industry and, and the, the cult of celebrity. And where I'm at now in my life, I, I don't watch TV. I don't really, I don't watch the news. I don't read magazines. I kind of have simplified the, the what would I, how would I call it? Like the pollution of the media mm-hmm. pollution and a lot of that stuff. I mean, I like to, I mean, not that I can really watch much TV anyway. We don't have it on the island still, not that I ever did, but uh, but with the, um, I don't know. I just, I just find that life now is is a lot more interesting for having really deep, authentic connections with people, mm-hmm. rather than feeling driven to know people because you need their help in your industry that you're working in. I certainly right. living in Los Angeles was a lot like that, and the book talks about it. There was a, a, you know, you could be surrounded by so many people and feel so alone, you know. And I think that you know, getting out of the entertainment industry and starting to work as a professional pilot, identifying that I wanted to offer my, like donate my services to aid efforts, like humanitarian aid efforts. And I was successful in helping coordinate and operating two missions to Haiti last year uh, after a hurricane they suffered at the end of 2016 really struck them. Um, but then I became the recipient of aid this year, being struck myself by two mm-hmm, hurricanes. Sure. So it's like... You know, what goes around comes around, I guess. Tell us a little bit about your, uh, because you don't go too deep dive into the actual witchcraft itself. You mentioned that you became a witch and uh, a a good witch, I I surmise. And um, what was, how did you get into uh, witchcraft? How did you become kind of a good witch? And how do you, how did you learn how to cast spells that always work as you, as you mentioned in some of your background materials? It's funny that I, I, you know, listen with interest to the way you you've described that part of my life, and I can understand why you would describe it like that. But it's really how I experience it. Um, I uh, and you know the book that you mentioned, my autobiography, does talk about my spiritual life as a witch. Um, and I've written a number of books about witchcraft, which mm-hmm. kind of set it a more of a how-to aspect. But in the autobiography, it was more about you know, when did I identify with what a modern witch is? When did I feel that it was something that I could relate to that, you know, and certainly in my younger years, when you're searching for an identity or some kind of it's an identity and a community, you know, I was drawn to witchcraft for those reasons too. I mean, back in the 90s, it was kind of a, well, actually, I was drawn to it in the 80s and the New Age movement and the, the awakening of goddess spirituality and, uh, and certainly, you know, the idea of casting spells seemed very uh, appealing. You know, wow, I could do a spell and, and make something better or help someone or, you know, fix a problem in my life. And really uh, treating spells and the, the idea of, you know, being able to do a few things and create change in your life, um, treating it like it's a means to an end was not key to understanding mm-hmm. the lessons that come in life when life gets tough, you know, and so often when people ask about spells, they're wanting to fall in love or improve their relationship or get a better job or, you know, they're looking for a means right. to an end. And sometimes we're meant to go through these tough lessons. And that's what my book talks about is like rather than trying to 
change a situation, try and learn from the situation, focus on living in the solution and allow the solution to um, become your reality rather than trying to manipulate and micromanage your destiny. And that's a lesson I've learned over the years. And I think, you know, I, I touched on in the autobiography, there's a little catchy phrase, how to make your spells work 100% of the time. It gets mm-hmm. people's attention for the obvious reasons. What, what I've learned is when you don't cast spells, um, when you seek to identify that you want to be of service in the world in some way. So let me, let me say that more accurately. Okay. If you cast, let's say it this way. If you cast a spell, if you can identify the purpose of the spell as being in service of someone other than yourself or something other than yourself, if you can take your micromanaging ego out of it, if you can honestly and authentically and sincerely uh, ask for you know, some kind of universal or divine help and assistance to do something that's of service, then the universe will always conspire in your favour. And I learned that through even becoming, it might sound like a reach, but becoming a professional pilot, like later in life thinking, okay, I don't want to work in the entertainment industry anymore. I'd I'd like to be useful in the world. I'm drawn to aviation, but I couldn't possibly fly an airplane. I mean, it just, I couldn't be that person that turns left when they get on the plane into the cockpit and not right, you know, the passenger seat. But I, I identified a goal. I wanted to fly aid. I wanted to be useful. And um, that's when I'd identified that the purpose of flying would be to be that volunteer, that donated, that pilot donator type of person, then, then all of a sudden I started to be able to retain the information. And, I mean, I went from being a private pilot with a hundred, couple of hundred hours to now here I am flying multi-engine aircraft, delivering the newspapers, uh, around the islands here at three in the morning. That's my six day a week job now. I fly an Aztec, a PA twenty three, multi engine two two engines, um, to and I deliver newspapers. And I even determined that's a service because in the islands at the moment, um, even though I'm not a massive fan of the media, but the newspaper provides an essential service here where we're still so cut off um, from reliable communications that the newspaper tells us which stores are open. Um, what community services are available. Um, you know, the newspaper is an essential tool of service in this region. So I love being the newspaper girl. I get up at 3 a.m., I load the plane with thousands of newspapers and fly them from here over to St. Croix every morning, six days cool. a week. I'm going to do cool. it after you and I speak. <laughs> you, you, know, so, you know what's interesting, Fiona, is that the way I talk to a lot of metaphysical guests on the show and uh, and it's an area that I have interest in. Our audience has interest in. And it's important for you know today's man to really be spiritual seeking because uh, they they are feeling a lack and a lack of direction. But the way you describe um, your experience in witchcraft is very similar to uh, the power of intention and spirituality, where you want to get the ego out of the way, you want to get in alignment mm. with source, and you want to not be focused on the outcome that you have predetermined, but allow for yeah. yourself to be in service and allow for God, if you will, to flow through you, mm. spirit to flow through yeah. you and then the yeah. good things happen. So it's, it's, that's interesting that what you describe sounds exactly what I just described. And I've heard so many times from other guests. Well, I think there's an awakening uh, in, in consciousness. Uh, I mean, there's been many awakenings and, and many profound times, you know, through different cultures and societies and physical time frames and 
all sorts of things. But, but right now, from my perspective of me living on Earth, I really I feel very blessed. And this book has been a, been a kind of a catalyst too, I think. It's put me back in the public eye a bit and given me the opportunity to connect with a lot more people than I have in some time. And, and uh, I love that there seems to be this kind of this universal awakening of consciousness where we are understanding in this, in this uh, consumerist society and this, you know, we've got a mm-hmm. lot we want sure. more kind of mentality, which so many of us are actually turning away from. Less is more is becoming more popular than more is more. Um, but there's this awakening, realizing that, uh, you know, it doesn't come from us, it comes through us. And that's when you get yourself out, when you get out of your own way, so to speak, uh, that very life that you might, desire in your heart which really is just to be happy and to feel fulfilled you realize that that the key to that is actually um recognizing that this this divine force comes through you not from you when you help others and serve others you feel fulfilled and you always have what you need um and often in ways that are grand, more grand and more profoundly beautiful and and uh, amazing than you could have ever imagined yourself uh, I've learned over the years, particularly the last six years, that uh, I had a very, a lot of really, really, really uh, difficult, sad things happen. Um, and the book talks about it. And it, in having everything taken away, uh, including my health, like everything, um, I had an opportunity to be from the darkest place to come into this kind of light and uh, mm-hmm. very grateful for it. It's, uh, my life is much more simple now. I'm much happier. Um, ironically and incredibly, I've ended up back working in this kind of public eye environment and I'm really getting to enjoy it. Uh, I don't have a, an agenda for it. I just hope to be useful and really, you know, the opportunity to write the book when it came to me out of the blue through a message on Facebook, just out of the blue, you know, I'd left the industry and I was working quietly as a pilot, I thought. Um, I only asked God, universe, my idea of a higher power that, you know, can it be useful? Um, can people learn from my mistakes? And, you know, and, and that's really all I hope to achieve. And I've had a beautiful feedback from people saying that the book has inspired them or uh, given them a, you know, a, a sense of reassurance and um, and hope, or in, you know, it's yeah. What, you've had quite a story, Fiona. I mean, uh, the book, the name of the book is uh, "The Naked Witch," and you really have uh, undressed yourself, your persona, uh, going from your tough childhood you've had, uh, you've had so many uh, challenges to go through, and then so many different kind of career turns, and then personal turns, and. What you're doing now is you are, you, hey, listen, you're sitting on a mountaintop right now, and you are of service to the world. You are delivering news. You are like an angel, what you're doing now. So you've come, I don't want to say full circle, but you've, you've evolved and evolved and evolved, and you're in a special place now. And, I, and this book is a special book. It's a, it's a lot of fun, and it's interesting. You could have written a book about free diving or skydiving or just your <laughs> acting career or just your rocking career it's just amazing let me let me ask you one thing about uh about modern witchcraft how um mm-hmm. how do you protect yourself from lower entities when you do your work or well, do you it's, uh, well you know it's something that I, I think is a really valid um point to to bring up you know because 
I, I've said in my earlier books, the world answers according to the questions you ask of it. And mm-hmm. so if you are contemplating that there is some kind of lower entity, like if you're going to create a label or a name and identify with it, it's having some kind of effect on you, then you'll probably deal with it, you know. And, and if that was the case, then how do you deal with it? Well, in traditional um, approaches would be, you know, smudging with uh, mm-hmm. sage or, sage or whatever, smoke right. or um, salt is another good one, sprinkling salt water around, um, all these different tools of purification and protection. Um, and I love the ritual aspect of that. I love that, um, especially with witchcraft and, and, and spiritual practice, there is a ritual approach that allows you to feel very engaged and involved and immersed in your spiritual life. You're kind of bringing it into physical form with these rituals. Um, I have stopped ident- like, like focusing on the idea of lower entities or being fit, like concerned right. or even fearful that something... It's like you know, when you open up. I don't mean. I don't mean. I don't mean that you were like conjuring them, but sometimes when we are, are no, open, no, no, we open no, ourselves no, I mean, up. No, I, I right? know what you mean. Yeah. No. Well, I do recognize what you're saying, and I am talking about that. Um, but okay. I even, Robert, to be honest, I don't even um, contemplate that in my reality, and consequently, Good. I don't experience it anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that no one else should or won't. But in my personal practice and reality, where I am existing in this time time frame, physical form now, um, I don't experience it because uh, I just it's just on a whole different wavelength. And mm-hmm. I again, I think because I I really have stepped out of ego into a, an environment like we talked about earlier of service. It shifts. It just shifts your environment, and you don't encounter as much of that kind of stuff or sense it. I have other challenges. I'm getting nailed by two catastrophic hurricanes and I'm like dealing right. with that. Right. Uh, my, I couldn't start one of the engines of the plane the other night. That was an interesting one, but I got it started. Um, you know, I mean, I have other challenges now. Um, sometimes I deal with people that hurt me. Someone said something today that deeply hurt me and I I had to address, like, look at myself and identify why, why it was hurting me, and take re- mm-hmm. responsibility for my feelings and address it in that way. But I'm not going to determine that as a negative thing. It was a lesson. So I, I say in the book too, I'm very grateful. I'm actually more grateful for the hard times and the tough lessons and the the dark times than I am for the easy good times because I learn more. Exactly. Exactly. Now, some of these things that you've done have been very gutsy. I mean, but being a rock star, just getting up in front of people and singing, that's not easy. Uh, and then skydiving, a lot of people, they're not going to jump out of a plane. You also do free diving in the water and you've gone down, I very think, to peaceful, maybe yeah. 90 feet or something. What What is that? How, oh, how, just how 83. It feels very peaceful. It's a very, um, it's like returning to the womb and it's, um, it's a, a thing you kind of, you either, uh, I mean, like, I, I love, there was a free diver that described, you know, when you scuba dive, scuba divers dive to look around, free divers dive to look within. You know, mm-hmm. we, it's a very um, introspective meditation-like practice. 
it's becoming popularized as a kind of sport. Um, there's some wonderfully talented athletes in the world of freediving, and it's exciting. There's new technology now where you can actually watch the freedives all the way to depth. And but you know, I'm very much just a, a, a beginner lay person with my humble 83 feet. Like woohoo, you know. But That's I love pretty serious. So you dive it down to 83 feet, but it really isn't. It isn't that no, deep. You dive without the equipment, but, then no oxygen tank. So you go down to 83 feet, and then a, what do you fr- do? A free dive is is holding your breath, um, slowing okay. your heart rate, and and you um, enter into a very peaceful state of mind and uh it's it's something you don't just sort of jump straight down to 83 feet not where i build build up to it i do multiple dives getting progressively deeper and and you know just you know i'm I'm very conservative um some of the really talented free divers now like alexi molkanov and uh he's a russian free diver he and his wife are an amazing team there's some really really great uh great free divers and they're going to you know 300 400 depending on the discipline whether it's a monofin wow. split fins or wow. constant free immersion or whatever it's like constant weight it's like it's a fascinating sport i i love it it's um it's very beautiful too it's a very graceful elegant sport uh that the humans move through the water like uh very very sort of um developed like 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 fish almost it's it's amazing and and for doing it when we, you think, you know, when we're born, we're, just before we come into this physical world, uh, we're inside our mother's womb and our lungs are full of fluid and our eyes are closed and we're, we're nestled in fluid. There's a, a memory, right. I think, that, that comes when you're in the water and you're peaceful at one with it and embracing it or letting it embrace you. It's a memory of peace and, and safety that comes to you. And um, But, you know, you... you it's not something to just kind of leap into and think, oh, yeah, I'll just push push down to 83 and it'll all be good. It, it's not. You, <laughs> you build up to it. You take sure. your time. You learn the process. Um, but uh, I love it. I, I love being in the ocean. I love living in the Caribbean so that it gives me proximity to the ocean. Though since the hurricanes, I haven't been in the water a lot because there was so much debris and fallout and we, yeah. we were all spending so much time on land and, and clean-up efforts and just, you know, it's it's a process, but I look forward to freediving more again. Lately, I've just been working a lot and trying to catch up. <laughs> now, you are from Australia, uh, near Sydney, I believe, and I, I love Australia. It's such a I had such a wonderful time there, and the people were very real and authentic. And they actually when were like you Americans. there? Oh, let's see, about fifteen years ago. I remember getting off the plane. I went to my hotel. I was there for a conference for like eight days, and I. I went for a run past the opera house down on that park there. And it was just trem- mm. tremendous. And, uh, and uh, I just, I loved it. It was like kind of a combination between San Francisco and LA, but a smaller version. And I really liked Sydney a lot and sophisticated. Yeah. I have a colleague from, uh, from advertising in New York. She, she's like 60 and she, she got sent over there and uh, she went for a couple for like a year and she's been there three years and, I don't know if she's ever coming back. Because, uh, <laughs> it's a it's, it's a great place a great to live. It is. Yeah, I mean, I, I it was fun to grow up there. I mean, I left Australia in 2000. I moved to Los Angeles in 2001. I became a U.S. citizen a few years ago. I have dual citizenship now. I I plan to go right. back to Australia for a visit next year. Um, but you know, I love I love America, and America's been good to me, and I'm grateful to be an American citizen. Um, I, uh, but Australia is a wonderful country and I know that people go there and it's, it's the standard of living is so high and the, 
that the people are friendly and it's uh I think I think it's just uh, for me it was I don't know like other Aussies that have left, we talk about, well, would you ever go back? And someone's like, well, no, we'd be like going backwards. But, you know, but some do. I don't think, I don't intend to. I, if I move again, mm-hmm. it'll be, you know, I'll go to Mongolia or something. I don't know. I'll just keep going. <laughs> okay. So what, speaking of which, what what is next for Fiona Horn? Well, right now, as of this moment, um, you know, I, it's interesting hearing you mention that, the autobiography, The Naked Witch, is not about witchcraft. You're right. So I am working on a new book about witchcraft. My publishers said, okay, well, your autobiography was, people liked it, but they're all asking for another book about witchcraft from you, so we need sure. one. And I was like, will it be of service, God, the universe? Okay, I'll do it. And so I'm writing from the perspective I have now. I mean, it's been 20 years since my first book on witchcraft was published. The 20th anniversary edition was just released, um, and that's called Witch A Magical Journey. That's HarperCollins just released the 20th anniversary edition, which is an honour, you know, to think that my work, voice, words, thoughts are still relevant 20 years on. is greater to have the opportunity to write a new one is great. So I'm working on one that's tentatively titled All Witch All the Time, which is something I said, I said cool. to someone in an interview where they said, oh, you're a witch again. And I said, I was all witch all the time. I just mm-hmm. was working as a pilot, not in the public eye as a witch. And, and I thought, oh, I guess could be a title of the book so all which all the time I'm working on that and I that's kind of what I'm focused on writing now and um and flying and building my hours and I'm putting together um some feelers for another trip to Haiti to get uh, I work with the Good Samaritan Foundation of Haiti which is a grassroots aid effort um run out of St. Croix actually and we've done Mm -hmm. some really that was the work I did the the two missions we did last year, early last year, which delivered 350 laying chicks, which are now all laying eggs for all the school kids on the island, producing so many eggs that we're actually delivering the eggs to other villages and other schools now. It's like, you know, there's been some, Mm -hmm. so doing some more work with them. So that's kind of where I'm at now. Um, And also I must say, I am going to be, I'm very excited. This would be, I guess, where I sign off. Very excited to be appearing at Hexfest again. It's a wonderful witchcraft and occult magical community festival that happens every year in New Orleans. And this is the fourth year I've been invited back. And there's still a few tickets available. It sells out really quick, but I, I heard there's a couple available still. So um, the website is Hexfest, H-E-X-F-E-S-T, com. Mm-hmm. Um, and and where's the festival? A whole bunch of, in New Orleans, and it happens August okay. uh, 5th, I think it's 5th to uh, 13th in that window. It's three days, so fifth to eighth. But I'm going in for it a whole week. But it's um, Hexfest is an amazing festival. It features uh, speakers, magically minded speakers, people from different occult and 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 magical traditions, and held at a beautiful hotel. And there's lots of booths and workshops and talks. And plus, you're in New Orleans. It's great music and great food, and it's a really, really, really awesome weekend. And um, so, yeah, I recommend checking it out, hexfest.com. Cool. Okay, Fiona Horn, uh, listen, thank you for being on Guys Guys Radio. The name of the book is Naked Witch. Where can, where can people find more about you? Do you have a website? Well, I mean, they can go to my website, fionahorn.com. I was going to say where can, if they find the book. Well, someone sent me a photo that it's yep. in Barnes & Noble in Union Square and all sorts of things. So I guess it's out there in the world right. um, cool. <laughs> and online. But fionahorn.com has... Um, 
plenty of information about me too and what I'm up to. Fantastic. And my Facebook page, all that's linked through the website. Okay, great. Well, listen, thank you, Fiona. I know you're jamming. Thanks I know you're me, out there fighting a good fight and uh, keep doing the good work. <laughs> and thank you so much for being our guest and uh, help those people down there. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Robert. All the best. Thank okay. you. All right. Cheers. Okay. Bye-bye. 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 Okay, folks. That was our special guest for this evening, Fiona Horn. Again, the name of the book is The Naked Witch. She's called, she just called us from a mountaintop in St. Thomas. And uh, so the Guys Guys Radio, once again, has an international flavor to it. So that's our show for this evening. Uh, Sunday editions, we just uh, do some quick stuff. We get the guest out here and we talk. And then uh, we don't do a Guys Guys Guide. We're going to do that this coming week in the week during the week show. We usually uh, broadcast on Wednesday. This week, we're going to do Thursday. My special guest is going to be uh, one of the world's foremost psychics, Michael Tamura, Dr. Michael Tamura. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, let me just also just mention that the whole Guys Guys movement started with my novel, The Guys Guys Guide to Love. It's available on Amazon, other uh, retailers and e-tailers. Um, we started Guys Guys Radio. This is our 270th podcasts are all free you can find us on itunes stitcher uh tune in and blog talk radio uh you can catch me on facebook uh, robert manny robert manny author is my fan page robertmanny.com is the website my blog is syndicated across uh let's see i'm on cupid's pulse i'm on thought catalog uh, good men project uh, go dates and some other some others uh and your tango and the huff puff po so uh, that's really growing, and um, I'm loving doing what I'm doing, and I'm loving getting all the, this learning from uh, these guests, and I, I really look forward to sharing them and their teachings and learnings from you. And you can say, hey, uh, I agree with that person, or like, nah, not buying it, whatever. But that's, that's what it's all about, just listening and keeping an open mind. So I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful spring. We're, we're going to get into it. We're going to get there. Um, it's just started, but it doesn't, it doesn't really feel like it yet. And tomorrow is supposed to be another snowy day here in New York city, but hang in there. It's going to get good. I just cleaned. I just did the swap over in my closet, put all the heavy sweaters and all of that stuff and scarves and all of that. I put them away. I said, you know what? If it snows the heck with it, I'll just wear a couple of layers. I'm, I'm, I pulled the shorts out. I'm ready. So I hope you are too. So listen, have a great week. Uh, please uh, tune in. For Thursday's show, it's going to be a good one, and um, we'll take it from there. So, as I always like to say, guys, guys, finish first.